0: Good morning. Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Hebrews chapter 11. Because again this week, we find in this great, famous chapter about people who had faith, another mention to some events in the book of Daniel. But you know what's interesting? We don't find uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's name. Uh, We don't find Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah's name. But did you know that one of the events we find in Daniel is listed for us in Hebrews chapter 11? After going through several different people who had faith in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, through the writer of Hebrews, says in verse 32, and what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets. There's just not enough time to tell of all these others. But he gives some summary here. Verse 33, Hebrews 11:33, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, and it goes on. Now tell me, did you catch anything in here that comes from the book of Daniel? How many of you saw something? Oh, good. Let's see if you caught the most famous one. Somebody caught a shout-out one of them. what you see? Read the phrase. Uh, stop the of lions. Oh, ah. Stopped the mouths of lions. That one's a famous one, isn't it? But we aren't going there yet today. That's not yet in Daniel, in Daniel the book of Daniel. We're only in Daniel chapter 3. Do you see anything else there? Ha! <laughs> did you hear what he said? Quenched the violence of fire. Now, when I quench the violence of fire, you know how I do it. I turn on a hose. I've one time used a fire extinguisher, and I kind of regretted it. Yes, we quench the violence of fire with water and fire extinguishers. But this says that these quenched it by faith. And let me, in on a little, let, me let, let me let you in on a little secret. The quenching of this fire is totally different than the way you and I quench fire. And we're going to learn about that. We're going to learn about that. But yes, they quenched the violence of fire. But there's another one as I meditated on this that's intriguing. It's actually verse 33. There's actually a few applications of verse 33. Subdued kingdoms. Hmm. I wonder if that has any relation to Daniel. Maybe a little. Wrought righteousness? Oh, my, we sure have seen that in Daniel, haven't we? Daniel and his three friends living righteously even in the face of persecution. Or how about this one? Obtained promises. We're going to learn more about that here this morning because not just did some men through faith quench the violence of fire, but in so doing, they obtained promises. I'll tell you what I mean a little bit later. But here we are. Let's go back to Daniel chapter 3. This comes right after Daniel chapter 2. And can somebody tell me if we looked at our acronym of the 12 chapters of the book of Daniel, what's the first? What's the first chapter about? What's the D stand for in our acronym? What's the D stand for? Yes. Is by That's right. Daniel is favored, favored by Nebuchadnezzar. And then in chapter 2, we have the A. What's the A stand for? That's right, answer to the king's dream. Now, this is important for us to keep in mind as we launch now into chapter 3, and chapter 3 we find out is Nebuchadnezzar's furnace of fire. Well, I have another way we could remember this chapter 2. We could say Nebuchadnezzar's golden image. You remember what happened in chapter 2? Chapter 2 was about Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and Daniel gave the answer, the meaning of that dream. Remember that? Well, let's set ourselves in history. This is interesting, too. We see our chart here, and you see Daniel there, the big white bold line that goes across almost the whole screen. This is from his time in Babylon. So in 606 B.C. is when he was carried away captive, just shortly before Nebuchadnezzar actually became became the true proper king. The events we learned about last week in Daniel chapter 2 happened in 603 BC, we estimate. And the events now taking place in Daniel chapter 3 occur shortly after the fall of Jerusalem. So he's now, was before Jerusalem was conquered and destroyed, he had that dream of the image of the kingdoms. And now he's destroyed Jerusalem, and he comes back, and now he builds an image entirely of gold. Can somebody tell me, how is an image entirely out of gold different than the image in his dream? Anybody remember? Yes. That's right. In his dream, just the head was gold. And what did the head of gold represent in the image? Hannah? Hannah? Babylon, it actually represented Nebuchadnezzar himself. He was synonymous with Babylon. And so we see here a map, and we see Babylon over there at that red star. And we learned about Daniel telling the king about his very own dream and giving to him the interpretation of it. And you remember this this image with the head of gold. and Nebuchadnezzar, he is that head of gold. But Daniel said there's another kingdom that will come the kingdom of silver, and the two arms of silver, the medial Persian empires to come. Well, I don't think Nebuchadnezzar liked that. And then he told them not just that, but then the, the belly and the thighs of bronze or the Greek empire and the legs of iron will be another great and warring kingdom, which we know now is Rome. And then we see those feet partly mixed with clay and partly mixed with iron, is, is is a kingdom that is both strong and weak. We believe that's a future kingdom. And then there was one key part in this whole image. Well, may I say dream, that we oftentimes forget. And you know why I think we forget it? It's because all of the storybooks that have the pictures don't show it. Well, most of them. What else is the most important part in this dream? Mr. Rinks. The stone that was cut without hands, that came and crushed that image and grew and became a great mountain and is said to be the kingdom of our God. Well, Nebuchadnezzar, he remembers this. He remembers this vision. But when it comes time for him to set up an image, which he didn't need to, but he decided he was going to, he made it entirely, 100%, Out of gold. I say 100%. Who knows? It might have just been plated with gold. But it was a golden image. Can you come up, your majesty? King Nebuchadnezzar here. The great king. The head of gold. Your crown as well up there. Now... I wonder about your majesty. First of all, why did you feel like he needed to make an image? I'm picking on him, see. You haven't thought about this, have you? Why did he feel like he needed to make an image? Where'd you get this idea? Oh. And I wonder why he made it all out of gold. You have any ideas why you made it all out of gold? I've got an idea. You don't want your kingdom to end. In fact, you're getting kind of used to people coming in and say, live forever, O oh king. In fact, we're going to find it recorded that people would come to him and declare, live forever. But that dream he had, shows that his kingdom will be destroyed and the kingdom after him will be destroyed and the kingdom after him will be destroyed and eventually there is only one kingdom that will endure forever. I don't think you like that plan. You know, I think we can identify a little bit with Nebuchadnezzar because sometimes God has plans for us that we don't like. Doesn't he? Now, I hope that as we get to know our God, we'll know how good and gracious and kind he is so that when we know his plan, we'll be very happy. We'll be delighted in his plan. But sometimes we don't really like God's plan. And it causes us to grumble and to complain. Well, if we looked in the last chapter, What did Daniel do when he heard this dream and saw this dream and God revealed it to him? He blessed the God of gods. That's what Daniel did. And you would think at the end of chapter 2 that Nebuchadnezzar did too, as he esteemed Daniel. But now he decides to build a great golden image. Now, this image was really unique-looking because the dimensions are given to us which were about nine feet wide. Now get this. Ninety feet tall. That would be three times the height of the ceiling. Three times. So stack this room up on top of itself three times. Hmm. Now you might say that's a weird-shaped image. And it might have been a weird-shaped image. But it might have been only a, a, you know, a nine-foot-wide statue at the top and with its pedestal and base, kind of like you see here. You see, that's not an accurate picture. Ninety feet tall is huge. It might have had a pedestal that went out and bigger, and then it just had at the pinnacle this, this little image. Nonetheless, this, this thing was giant. This thing was huge. People could see it from all over the place. Now, before we jump into chapter 3, let's look at something that was said in the previous chapter, in Daniel chapter 2, in verse 47. Listen to what you said, Your Majesty. Of a truth, he said to Daniel, it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal the secret. So you believe that Daniel's God is the God of gods. The Lord of kings, that's the master of kings. Oh, your majesty, did that include you? that golden head? Well, I have to wonder that uh, considering what Nebuchadnezzar here has done in making an image of gold whose height was three score cubits, 90 feet and the breadth of six cubits, nine feet, he set it up in the plain of Dara, in the province of Babylon. And then this king issued a command.
1: Gather together the princes the governors and the captains the judges the treasurers the counselors the sheriffs and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up
0: so they go out go gather everybody go gather them all looky here the princes and the governors and the captains and the judges and the treasurers and the counselors and the sheriffs and the rulers of the provinces Come to the dedication of this golden idol. Oh, oh, image. I don't think they called it an idol. I don't know what they called it. So everybody gathers together. Are you all going to gather together? Let's just imagine that you all are representatives from all across the provinces of Babylon. And you have come together here before Nebuchadnezzar. Well, there's a few other people here. So here we've got some Chaldees, we got some mighty men. Let's see, we got, hey, there is Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah here. Guys, you're here. You had to come. The decree came. All of you. But you know what's interesting, too? As we read the narrative today, we don't find Daniel. I don't know what that means. Where was Daniel? What was Daniel doing? I don't know. But... He wasn't here in this event. But there were all kinds of other people. All these important people. Are you guys important? Now, what do you think of the king up there? Think he's a king of kings? What do you think? Oh, 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 I... You can tell these guys are not the real guys. Off with your heads if that's what you think of the king. No, he is the king of kings he's the golden king right is he the golden king oh see all of you all of these helpers of mine here today know that he's not the king of kings but guess what those treasurers and counselors and counselors and all of those people including all of you in that day for the most part if you didn't believe it You acted like he was the king of kings. You acted like he's the great golden king. His word is law. You're going to follow his instruction. Why, looky here, he's got an army. Yeah, not just two guys. There's a whole army. Army that's conquered the whole world at this point. Set yourselves in mind of what Nebuchadnezzar is here. Nebuchadnezzar... Is in his mind at least, and in some reality, the king of kings. Right now, at this very moment, he has taken one of the kings of Judah, and that king is in his dungeon. Uh, The others he killed, and he's done that to kingdoms all around. You see, that idea that there is the head of gold, and then there's another kingdom after that. It's the furthest thing from his mind, especially the idea that there might be one who will come and be king of kings and lord of lords whose kingdom will last forever. So you're all gathered together. You all imagine you've come here together to stand before the king, For it tells us that then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the consulars, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together into the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. I know you're all comfortable. Get that blood flowing. Everybody stand up. And here you've all come together. Imagine there's a massive crowd of people. And then there is a herald that cries. A herald that cries. Hear ye, hear ye. To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, heart, sack, but sultry, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst Of the burning fiery furnace. Y'all okay with that? I hope so, because if you're not, you're gonna get cast into the burning fiery furnace. Now I don't know what kind of music they played, but make sure that when you hear the music, you do what Nebuchadnezzar said. How come none of you are bowing? well, that's because you think this is silly, and you're right. But let me tell you on this day, this day, everyone bowed to that golden image except three young men. You can all sit down. Everyone bowed to that image except three young men. They did not. For it tells us that when all the people heard it, they fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews These are some of the people um, whom, interestingly enough, uh, just recently, Daniel saved their lives. But here they come to Nebuchadnezzar and speak unto
2: him. O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree. That every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all
0: kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image.
2: And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods. Nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Bring
1: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego.
0: Bring them, so they're brought.
1: Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do you not serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a fu- burning, fiery furnace, And who is that God
0: that shall deliver you out of my hands? Ah, wait a moment here. Hmm. Why is he giving them a second chance? Doesn't tell us. I got some theories. I got some ideas. I wonder. You know, one of the things I wonder is if perhaps you knew what you were doing was wrong but yet you weren't really ready to do what was right. I wonder, you know, think about it. What's the big deal about just bowing down to a golden image? It's just gold. Everybody knows it's not a real God, right? What would be wrong with bowing down to a golden image in worshiping it. Hmm? Any of you know? Any of you know? Why is it wrong? Why would they not do it?
2: The 10 commandments.
0: You're right. That's just one place. He said the 10 commandments. If we flip over to, Genesis, to, to Exodus chapter 20, we can read a command. In in Exodus chapter 20, God spake to his people. God spake to his people, and he says, I am the Lord thy God. God, the one true God, said, I am the Lord your God. And then he goes on and he says, Thou shalt not, thou shalt have no other gods before me. No other gods before me. Do you know what I really think is going on here, your majesty? you're really wanting them to worship you look at this you just now gave a decree you've made a golden image remember you represent gold and you've made it, and you've commanded all these people to bow down and to worship it <laughs> how does it make you feel they all did it except those 3 But they won't, because they're to have no other gods besides the one true God. And it doesn't really matter if it's a man or a golden image. Verse 4, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the sea. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Do you want to experience mercy? Keep his commandments. They will not bow down to this image. They will not worship this image because they will obey God rather than men. Do you know what I find amazing about this? These were the three guys who back in chapter 1, along with Daniel, purposed in their heart that they would not defile themselves with the king's meat. Remember then we learned what they eat. That seems pretty small, right? Let me let you in on a little secret. Start obeying God in the little things. Because if you get used to disobeying God in all the little things, like when your mom or dad tell you there's something to do, and and you just get used to disobeying You're going to be used to disobeying when you're tempted with the big things. I think the reason why Hannah and I, Misha and Azariah this day were able to obey God rather than men when their life was at stake is because they had been in the habit of obeying God in the little things. They were trusting and obeying God in the little things. And so when it comes to this day, when your very life is at stake, you trust God. Now, how many of you want to get thrown in the burning, fiery furnace? How many of you want to get thrown in the burning, fiery furnace? Nobody wants to get thrown in the burning, fiery furnace. Now, for a moment, forget that you know this history. Forget that you know it. Have you ever heard of somebody, forget you know this one, who got cast into a burning, fiery furnace and enjoyed it? I never heard of it. You guys are just really excited to go into the burning fire furnace, right? No. I don't think Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah were either. They weren't excited about suffering for doing what was right. But on this day, so far, they have shown to do what is right. And now, His Majesty, the King, he's going to give them a second chance. One more time. You hear that music. You bow down and you worship this image and you will be preserved. You won't be cast in the burning, fiery furnace. And so the deal comes again and all kinds of music plays. They're not bowing. They're not bowing. Well, hang on. I jumped apart, didn't I? He's given them a chance. But listen to what they have to say in reply to the king.
2: O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if it not, be it known to thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up.
0: Now, I don't think they said it in unison like that, but I think in their heart it was in unison. You see the first phrase there? I have a question. What do you mean when you say, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter? What do you think that means?
1: We don't have to think it over.
0: Okay. That's a good thought. Think about the word careful. It's got two words, doesn't it? The word's made up of two words, right? What are the two words?
2: Care and,
0: full. care and full. Now, when we sometimes do things, we are careful to do them right, right? We are full of care. I don't think these guys are sitting here going, we don't care. That's not what they're saying. What they're saying is, is that We are not fearful, we're not full of fretting care. We are sure of our answer. In fact, their answer was very careful. It was very clear. We will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Notice here that they speak of their God. He is able to deliver us out of thine hand. Well, Nebuchadnezzar, (laughs) he was full of fury. and the form of his visage, that means what he looked like, was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and he commanded.
1: Heat the furnace seven times hotter than it was wont to be heat the furnace up seven
0: times hotter. And so they did that. And then he commands his most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And cast them into the fiery furnace. And so they bound these men in their coats and their hosen and their hats and their other garments. And you know what? We're gonna have to just pause for a moment, guys. You know why? Because we don't have a fiery furnace here. And in fact, we would do a pretty lame job trying to dramatize it. So lame it would be cheesy. So let's just imagine for a moment as we read what happens. You're bound with ropes, your hands are. And your clothes all remain, including your hats. And you are cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And you know what? Because the king's commandment was urgent and because the furnace was so hot, you know what happens to these three mightiest men of the king's army? Those, the fire slew. You all three died. And you three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. The end. What? Is that the end? I said you were supposed to forget. Well, you know this story you all know this isn't the end. But wait a minute. It could be. Let me tell you another story from history. James in the early church. Herod, the king at that time, who was acting kind of like you, decided, I'm big stuff. I don't like James, this Christian leader here in Jerusalem. I'm going to chop his head off. And so, Herod arrests James, brings him, and uh, chops his head off. That happened. So, why didn't God just stop the sword of King Herod chopping James's head off? You all think that somehow these guys should be saved. Why didn't James get saved? James was a man of faith, right? What do you think, Jesse? You ever heard of James? He was a pastor, He's a preacher of Jesus. And when he faced a mean king like this, he lost his head just for being a Christian. You know the rest of the story? Herod saw how happy it made all of the people, and so he decided, aha, I'm going to make the people happy again. So he arrests Peter. You guys know who Peter is, right? Yeah, Peter's one of Jesus' disciples. And he's going to chop Peter's head off tomorrow morning. And Peter got his head chopped off, right? No. Oh, God didn't spare James, but you know, through amazing miracles, God delivered and rescued Peter from the prison that very night and saved his life. Now, you all just assume these guys are going to survive the burning fiery furnace. Besides Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, have you ever heard anybody thrown into a furnace of fire surviving? You? 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 He's never heard of it, but he's not denying that it might have been possible, right? You? How about you? You ever heard of anybody thrown into a burning fiery furnace and surviving it? Besides Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So why isn't it the end? Why isn't it at the end? Hmm. Well, what happened? Before we go on, I'd like to sing a song. Can you guys help us come help me? Come grab all the we're singing books over here, and can you pass them out to everyone? We're going to sing. Um, I forgot to write it down on my notes here. I had it on another note. 170. 178. There's a song about walking through the flames. And as they're passing those out, I'd like to tell you about some things. You know, in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, Jesus gave some good advice. That's good advice for all of us. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, Jesus said, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You see, this is what was going on with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Meshach, and Azariah. Here, guys, you can sit right here in the front rows. Is they did not fear his majesty, King Nebuchadnezzar. They feared god they didn't fear the one who could burn their body up they feared the one who had power over their souls notice here destroy both soul and body in hell they stood true let's sing the first verse of 178 walking through the flames We sing that song, and we look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you think they had any reason to be afraid that day? Because, see, they didn't have the words of Jesus who said, Fear not them who can destroy the body, but fear him that can destroy both the body and soul and hell. Now, that principle has been true for, from the beginning, but that particular scripture they didn't have. But let me show you a scripture they did have. Take your Bibles and turn over to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43 is a beautiful passage of promises to Israel. And Isaiah had written these prophecies long before the time of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. uh, Long before your time too. Isaiah 43, 1. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I wonder if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they stood there before the king and said to him, our God is able to deliver us, if perhaps they had this scripture in mind. But at the same time, they recognized that even though their God was able to deliver them, that he may choose not to deliver them. And so what happened when they were cast into that burning, fiery furnace? They fell down into it. But you know what? They weren't burned at all. The king wondered about this. If, if we take our song and we continue on to the next verse, the story continues in the song. day, just as the song records, the king, he did, he looked and he saw, he saw into that fire, and he spake unto his counselors, and he said,
1: Did we not cast three men into the midst of the fire?
2: True, O king.
1: Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like unto the Son of God.
0: So Nebuchadnezzar, he stood from his throne, stand, and he came near to that furnace of fire, let's just imagine it's over here, and he spake, and he said,
1: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the most high God, come forth and hither.
0: And so they did. Those three, they came forth and the princes and the governors the captains the king's counselors all being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power nor was a hair of their heads singed neither were their coats changed nor the smell of fire had passed on them you know the only thing that burned when they fell into that furnace of fire the ropes that bound you I think this is amazing. Have you guys ever had your hair singed? Yeah, is that? It, it doesn't take much to burn hair. It just whoosh, gone. But look at this. Not only was their hair not burned, why? It says the smell of fire wasn't even on you. huh, you guys don't smell like fire. That's the same way Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego smelled. No smell of fire. But the difference is, they've just been in the fire, walking around it. I got up this morning and was putting away my clothes that I just dropped on the floor last night. And um, I was like, what is that smell? And they smelled like, like a wood fire. And I'm like, I didn't have a wood fire. Well, yesterday, my neighbors were burning some kind of little campfire, recreational fire in their backyard, and we had this little bit of smoke settle in the neighborhood. So much so, I don't even know where the fire was. I barely noticed it yesterday. But this morning when I got up to put my clothes away, I could smell it on my clothes. But here, these guys have been in the fire, and you don't smell like fire. quenched the violence of fire. Because you believed God. You had faith in God. You trusted him. Really, it was he who quenched that fire. Nebuchadnezzar's impressed. Listen to what he says.
1: Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their house shall be made a dunghill because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort.
0: Wow. Wow. There's a lot in that little sermon. Did Nebuchadnezzar actually believe it? Well, Nebuchadnezzar's getting there. I don't think he's quite there. But he's speaking truth. There's a lot we could go into here. We don't have time this morning, but I would like to point out one little phrase this king noticed. You notice here when he says that they had... um, that these had trusted in God, there is the by faith quenching the violence of fire. There is the by faith obtaining the promises. Isaiah's promise, you've just now, in, a, in, in one little part of it, fulfilled it as you walked through the flames. By faith, you obtained that promise from Isaiah chapter 43. You trusted in Him, He recognized that you trusted in God. He recognized that you trust in God such that it changed what His power was, changed His word. And notice this little phrase, and yielded their bodies. What's that mean? They yielded their bodies. Well, when we yield at a road, we let the other person go. Remember this morning we sang, let the Lord have His way. They let the Lord have his way with their bodies, even though it meant that their bodies were going to be thrown into the furnace of fire. Does that remind you of another scripture, a truth? You guys know Romans 12, verses 1 and 2? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. On this day, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego yielded their bodies a living sacrifice to God, even if it meant they die. And Nebuchadnezzar noticed it. Do we, day by day, always, yield our bodies to God? Do we let him live his life through us? Do we let him obey our parents, be kind, suffer even for good? Do we let him do that in our bodies, in our lives, by trusting in him? And it's not just true for little people. It's true for all of us. Let's trust God and obey gracious God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this history. May each one of us, day by day, always trust you and obey you. In the midst of trouble and problems, may we hope in you no matter what happens. We pray these things in your name. Amen. And just before we finish, could you stand with me and we sing The last verse to our song. One seventy eight God has made it. Let's go walking with our God. We'll meet you back here in just a little while. Thank you so much.